Lord, we come here for so many reasons sometimes. Sometimes it's because we're supposed to. Sometimes it's just to see friends. Sometimes it's for the music. But Lord, ultimately, the only reason to come here is for you. And so, Lord, just in this time, may you remove any words that are not yours. And only you speak, Lord. For your children are listening. Reveal yourself to us. Amen. Today's scripture passage is from the book of Psalms. It's Psalm 84. Where it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs. Indeed, it faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever singing your praise. Happy are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, happy is everyone who trusts in you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. It's beautiful language, right? It's language of longing. We feel, we feel the longing in the psalmist's heart. But often where we can make a mistake, because the language is better is a day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. How lovely is your dwelling place. And I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than live in a place of sin. Like the language is there of this longing, but often we can make the mistake of thinking that the longing is for heaven. For what just awaits us. Yes, it talks about heaven. It talks about the God's home. But ultimately, the foundation of this psalm is built not on a place, but the person. Because the fact is that heaven, yes, is beautiful and amazing. But the truth is that if God is not there What's the point of being there? 
is the presence of God that makes any place the place to be. And especially we see that in verses 5 and 6 and the beginning of verse 7. And Kayla, thank you. Um, here where it says again, happy are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. It's easy for us to sometimes just skip over what we are unfamiliar with. And there are so many places in scripture that we can often skip over because we don't know what that is. But Baca is a place we don't want to overlook. Baca is the desert. It's the dry land. To be in Baca, especially a valley of Baca, there was no hope there. There was no life there. And yet, in that passage, it says that those whose strength is in the Lord, even when they pass through the valley of Baca, they will find pools of of water, that, that the rain will come, that springs will be revealed. But the thing is, when we are in the desert... These words just feel like wishful thinking. They feel like pretty words. All of us at some point in our lives will face the desert multiple times. Some of us may be there now or may feel like we're approaching it. That place where it just feels hopeless. The desert... The desert tricks us because it tries to convince us that we are alone. It tries to convince us that there is no hope, that we are just stuck here, that we should just give up. It's in the desert where we at times feel like we are defined by our failures. Or it's in the desert where it feels like we're everywhere we turn is just another reason to give up another bad thing. Where another day comes and we feel like we get punched in the gut. We know what it's like to be in the desert. And the desert meets us and it it tells us that it's never going away. And when we're there, we believe it. These words, these words, happy are those whose strength is in you. Because as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Sometimes we hear that verse and we say, but we're a good believer, so why are we here? Why do we still feel like we're in the desert? Everyone will face the desert. It doesn't make us a bad Christian. It's never about our faith. But our faith gives us the strength to get out of the desert. 
And this is where I think worship is most powerful. Where, why worship is so important. We spent, since the beginning of January, we spent a month so far talking about worship, and we're going to do it again today and next week. Because worship is important. Because, especially when we come into the house of the Lord, when we come into a place of worship, even when we are in the desert, we find ourselves faced with the truth of God. When we come to worship, even when we do not feel like singing the words, I think we've all hit that moment at times. Even when we do not feel like singing the words, when we come into the house of the Lord, surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the truth of God sung over us. Even if they are just singing to the Lord, God makes it a prayer over our hearts, even if we are in the desert. When we come to worship, When we come here, when we come into this place and we sing the songs even when we do not feel like it, springs begin to reveal themselves in the desert, even though we may not see them at first. Worship refuses to leave us in the desert. The power of worship is that the truth of God confronts our desert and refuses to leave us there. And truly, the the music that we sing is so powerful. Because music, it's, you know, we can just be living our lives and suddenly there's that melody, there's that rhythm, there's those words. And they're just with us. The power of, of music, of Christian music, of worship music, is that when we immerse ourselves in that music, is that they meet us even in the desert. What was it that we sang earlier? I, I may think that I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Worship surrounds us with the truth of God's presence with us. It surrounds us with the truth that our desert will never be our last word. Worship is powerful. And when we choose to sing, when we're not in the desert, but we sing more loudly... We sing it over those who may not be able to sing it yet. In worship, we come. And God begins to bring life to any desert and dry land that we are in. Because it's in worship where we always hear God's truth. A truth that we can never hear too many times.
a truth that we can never begin to think of too much. The truth that even in our darkest moment, even in our moment of greatest shame, that Jesus was there saying to us, I still love you. I am not giving up on you. And you are still worth the cross. Our truth that we hear every Sunday is the reminder that in the face of our brokenness and sin, that God refused to turn away or start again, but God came to fight our battles to win the victory. God came so that we can know that the desert is only a place along the way. Because God came and took on flesh and God chose to feel the pain of death. Because God God knew and had decided from the beginning that we were worthy of it. God thought of each of us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. And God declared us his. So why would God not come to lead us, to give us life, to reveal to us the springs in the midst of brokenness? Even even when we may not declare ourselves worthy, Jesus still brings us to the table to remind us of who we are to God. Because it's at the table that we are faced with who God chose to be for us. where we are reminded of how Jesus took bread. And how he broke it. And said, this is my body that I will break for you to know healing and forgiveness. And we remember how he took the cup and said, this is my blood, my love, that I will pour out to make you whole. Jesus came to conquer sin and death and to give us a hope that turns every desert into a garden. And so we come as the people of God, whether we're in the desert or in the garden, or on the way, proclaiming the truth, hearing the truth of the power of a present God. As we 
just ask, O Lord, together that you pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine and upon us gathered here. Make this be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Make us one in ministry with you and with one another till Christ returns and we all feast at your heavenly banquet. All power and honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Those who are helping to serve will start making their way forward. I just want to take this opportunity to remind everyone that this is the Lord's table, that you don't have to be a member of this church or any church in order to come. You need only to come wanting to encounter our risen Savior. When you come forward, you'll be invited to place your attendance sheet or offering in one of the baskets on either side of the center aisle. And then when you come, you'll be given a piece of gluten-free bread. And then you'll be invited to dip it in the cup. And if you feel led to, you can remain and pray afterwards. But the most important thing here is not to just make this another motion. But to come as you feel ready. I'll invite you to start coming after the worship team starts playing our final song. But to come ready to remember the truth that God's presence will always meet us and never leave us in any type of drought. And also, if you have a child that is in the Children's Church or Nursery, I want to encourage you to go get them to come for communion.